श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय जाय श्री भक्ति रसमित सिंधु की जाय सो वी कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन रागनुग भक्ति एज एक्सप्लेन्ड बाय श्री गुरु गोस्वामी प्रभुपाद एंड भक्ति रसमित सिंधु एट दिस पॉइंट इन आवर डिस्कशन श्री गोस्वामी इज डिफाइंड रागात्मिक भक्ति रेफरेंस्ड इट इन द स्क्रिप्चर emphasized its central feature of mental absorption and spoken about two different types of ragatmika bhakti and all this is a, a preface if you will to speaking about raganuga bhakti which is the subject ta raganuga having discussed sadhana bhakti now he's discussing raganuga bhakti why is it a preface because raganuga bhakti as we've heard is all about following the feelings the sentiments the, the love uh, between krishna and the ragatmikas his associates in braj in particular where ragatmika bhakti shines so brilliantly this is the full face of of rag bhakti so that important preface or introduction uh, describing that which raganuga bhakti follows in the wake of um is now followed by description of raganuga bhakti and where will he begin of course he he's defined raganuga bhakti i should say also as following the ragatmikas hmm? and then he's defined the ragatmikas as i've explained and so forth So now continuing with what is Ragnuga Bhakti uh he speaks to us tonight about eligibility for treading the path what qualifies one to embark upon the path of Ragnuga Bhakti this uh discussion covers three verses he says tatra अधिकारी रगात्मिकायिक निष्ठजे ब्रजवासी जनादय तेषम बाबप्तये बुद्धो भवेद अत्रतिकारावन तत्तत्पाबदि मदुज्ये सुते दीर यद अपेक्षते नात्रशास्त्रम् दयुक्तिम् चा तालोभोपति लक्षणम् बैधात् भक्त्यादिकारी तु ूलमेक्षतेक्तिस्वामी Uh, defined uh vaidhi bhakti and then he spoke about eligibility for vaidhi bhakti here he says ragat maikha ragat nikaika nishtaje rajavasi janadaya tesham bhavap taye lubdho bhaved atradikaravan and he is distinguished here between the eligibility for 
Vaidhi Bhakti and Rag Bhakti by way of saying that that person who is greedy for attaining a bhava similar to that of the inhabitants of Braj who are solely fixed in Ragatmika Bhakti is qualified for Raganuga Bhakti. So this is the swarup of eligibility, if you will, for Rag Bhakti. Greed, greediness for following, uh, attaining a bhav like that of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. In contrast, of course, we know that the eligibility for treading the path of Vaidhi Bhakti is Shraddha, hmm? faith. And Shraddha means Shastriya Shraddha. It means faith in the scriptures, in that uh, descending revelation speaks about the nature of Bhakti, its efficacy, the importance of of um, pursuing Bhakti and uh, compares it with other other paths and so on and so forth. Therein, when Rupa Goswami uh, explained that faith is the eligibility, faith in Shastra, what the Shastra is saying about Bhakti, it means, hmm, which is quite a bit and, and, and compelling, hmm, how, as we heard earlier, it can save one from the fear of samsara remaining in, in, in material existence, how it can grant one uh, easily, readily, liberation and and uh, the perks of liberation, salokya, shasti, samipya, sarupya, and so on and so forth. Hmm? This is the general idea. Hmm? Um, in describing that, Rupa Goswami then divided that faith, or he spoke, I should say, about a gradation of faith, and thus different uh, levels of, of eligibility, or adhikari, the, 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 the kanishta, the Madhyam, the Uttam. That section is all about Sadhana Bhakti. So there, Rupa Goswami is speaking about eligibility to engage in Sadhana. Hmm? Not necessarily the level of one's realization and attainment, hmm? but rather one's eligibility to tread the path by which one will attain. Hmm? We know in the Bhagavatam, in the 11th Canto, the uh, uh, Bhagavan speaks to Uddhava and is it Uddhava? Before that, uh, actually. Hmm? Yeah, be- before the Uddhava Gita, maybe in the very first chapter of the 11th um, canto. He uh, speaks about, there it is mentioned, uh, the different types of devotees, similar idea, a a, a neophyte, an intermediate, and a superlative devotee, um, 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 a kanishta, a madhyam uttam, uh, in terms of realization. You know, there it describes their realization and uh, how they conduct themselves accordingly. So there's a little difference there. Uh, one is speaking about attainment, and the other here in, in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu about eligibility for treading the path of attaining. Nonetheless, there is some overlapping as well. Krishna's Kaviraj has talked about it in an overlapping way, these, both of these sections from the Bhagavad and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Um, but 
at any rate, the point here is that the eligibility for Vaidhi Bhakti, number one, is different from that, it appears, of, uh, of, of Raganuga Bhakti, and it appears that the, the eligibility for Rag Bhakti is singular. Hmm? He hasn't spoken here about a gradation of greed, hmm? whereas he spoke about a gradation of faith with regard to uh, treading the path of uh, Vaidhi Bhakti. So is there a gradation hmm? of greed? <laughs> is a good question that we need to, to, uh, to, to, to discuss. Hmm? And what is the difference between this greed and faith? Do the Raganuga Bhaktis not have faith? Hmm? Um, s- some questions. Uh, when he goes on now to further describe this eligibility in the second of these three verses tonight, he mentions the idea that we can understand who has this rag bhakti uh, eligibility for rag bhakti by seeing uh, that in the in that particular devotee. Hmm, he says that greed is is indicated. It, it's 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 known to be there. A symptom of its presence is that that devotee, hmm, his uh, spiritual intelligence does not depend upon the rules and the logic of the scripture. Hmm? After having realized to some degree the sweetness of those brajalilas and having greed for it. Hmm, as a result of hearing from the scriptures about it, hmm, he or she does not depend upon the uh, compelling statements of the scripture to engage in in uh, in bhakti. And here we have a chance to get a little clearer on this is something we've already talked about to some extent, right? Hmm? In the very definition of rag bhakti or avadi bhakti, said it's dependent upon this uh, motivation for becoming free from samsara, for attaining uh, uh, mukti and uh, love of God, and so on and so forth. Um, and rag bhakti is, is 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 not dependent in that way on its motivation. What he wants to say here, it should be a little more clear, a little clearer from this section. Um, As we proceed, I'll I'll go to the third verse here briefly, then we'll discuss them in detail. He says that Vaidhi Bhakti, which is is different hmm, from Rag Bhakti, in that in Vaidhi Bhakti, one is dependent upon the scripture and its rules and favorable logic until one attains the stage of bhava. Hmm? The implication being this is not the case for the rag bhakta. Hmm? So again, what, what does this mean? Well, what it means is that one who has lobha, greed, let's look at the word, it's a uh, we know what it means because we all experience greed in, the, in relation to material things. 
for the most part, on spiritual paths, this is uh, an unwanted thing. And it is also on the path of bhakti, but here the very same word, greed, is used as something desirable. Hmm? Um, greed or thirst, for example, is what the Buddha says, that makes the whole samsara go around, thirst for things. Hmm? Um, a taste for acquisition and uh, mixing it up with, uh, with matter, with the body itself. It's a dead thing, but they have a thirst for it. Life has a thirst for death. It's a big phantos here. Material existence, it's a huge... It's a death wish. It's living on the dead, so to speak. As much as the body itself is dead, and I'm living for that. So material life is about living for dying, only, only for dead things. Hmm? Uh, so no life for the soul, really, in any real meaningful sense in material existence. Uh, so... So now we have another thing. Your greed is being used in the spiritual context, and we will find this only in really in relation to rag bhakti. So it's a very different path that kind of tends to turn the whole religious world on its head, so to speak, um, invoking words and terms that have a negative context in such a way that they have a positive context. And the positive context, of course, is that. Here, loba, greed, is greed for attaining the loving sentiments of the Brajbasis, which, when we look carefully at them, as we have, for example, in regard to Kamanuga Bhakti in particular, is, is, is of the, the very existence of giving and self-sacrifice. Hmm? So greed to give something like to be greedy for giving and, for, and for, for loving. Loving is about a giving. This is a very different um, idea. Uh, again, it's far beyond, as I often say, existing, uh, uh, loving to exist. It's existing to love in the extreme sense of the term because these Vrajabhasis are the very embodiments of the full sense of giving loving and that is the aspiration of the Raghunuga Bhakti that is he, he or she has greed for that and as we'll see greed means greed it's a very overwhelming when you are influenced by greed you do things that you wouldn't do otherwise and you embarrass yourself greed for 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 this kind of uh, lo- love of Krishna is kind of embarrassing as a path um, when looked at in relation to other paths, even that of bhakti, because it involves dealing with Krishna in ways that are, seem unbecoming from the Vaidhi perspective, wherein God is worshipped with awe and, and reverence and, and so on and so forth. And so you want to wrestle God to the ground. Um, you want to for, uh, forbid him to enter into the grove uh, because Radha is mad at him. Hmm? Uh, these seem like inappropriate behavior from the Vaidhi uh, perspective. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, as much as greed is causes one to do things that are inappropriate and embarrassing and, uh, and so forth, this appears to be embarrassing and sometimes they try to shuffle this away, this idea of Rag Bhakti, Braj Bhakti, because it's difficult to understand. It happened in India during the British occupation when the British um, Christians 
started to examine Hinduism and try to dismiss it and so forth, they came in touch with Vaishnavism and they found what they consider to be the closest thing within Hinduism to the true religion, a worship of God and so on and so forth. But when they came to the Braj Bhakti of the Bhagavatam, they thought the whole thing goes to hell. Just see, they're worshiping some guy who's got a harem, you know, and and uh, is, uh, is a playboy and so on and so forth. So they didn't examine the texts and the path through the through the parampara, <laughs> through the, the appropriate uh, uh, approach. So it's readily mis- misunderstood. Hmm. Um, and the word Goloba, in a sense, greed is just, it's, it's real nice in that sense because it just really emphasizes the point. This is really different. Hmm? It's really different, even from Vaidhi Bhakti, as I say. And as we'll see, it, greed means greed. Hmm? So it's a powerful um, emotional experience. You cannot mandate that someone become greedy. Hmm? We talked about this earlier with regard to absorption of the mind and feeling. So this greed can never come from the scripture. In other words, in, in a, it, it can, by hearing about it as it's embodied hmm, and properly understanding it through Guru Parampara, one can get an inclination for it. But what I mean to say the scripture is full of mandates. You should do this, you shouldn't do that, and why, and giving reasoning, and so on and so forth. And particularly with regard to why you should do bhakti, because it's the best path, because it's so it's the easiest path, because it will um, bring the highest results, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So people get involved largely for that reason. They have they, faith in shastra is awakened. Shastra makes very powerful statements. Faith in revelation means well, I want to attain perfection. I am imperfect. I need a perfect method to attain uh, perfection. If I want perfect knowledge, which will uh, inform perfect action and make me perfectly happy, I need uh, a perfect method. So the perfect method is not going to arise from within imperfection. From perfection it comes. So at the center, this is the whole idea of revelation. It's not just some dusty old books on a shelf. It's a principle that in order to know comprehensively uh, and perfectly, we need a perfect method. Sridharmarsh phrased the perfect method nicely when he said, "The infinite cannot know the finite. Excuse me, the finite cannot know the infinite, unless, of course, the infinite chooses to make itself known to the finite out of its infinite capacity to do, which would otherwise be impossible from the finite perspective." This is a beautiful way of explaining the concept of revelation that makes it clear to us that revelation is arguably a comprehensive way of knowing that we could not arrive at otherwise by any type of exercise of our um, uh, intellect, for example, which is often thought to be the way of of knowing hmm? completely. And faith is a departure from that, a lack of that. Hmm? And those who have it don't really know, they just believe. But, it, but actually, faith, even the word faith, faith means knowing because it, it, it implies an action as Bhaktivinoda Thakur brilliantly tied together Saranagati and Shraddha Saranagati is the symptom of Shraddha it has it, 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 it's not an intangible oh 
faith and it just becomes foggy now and wishy-washy. Hmm? Even the Latin idea of, of credo, to believe, implies action. So that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, not a fence-sitting apprehension of truth that will always be incomplete. Hmm? It's a getting off the fence and actually entering, acting, and thereby knowing. We may know about an apple in many ways, but unless we taste it, we will never know what an apple is. And if you taste an apple, even if you don't know, it's made of this, it's made of that, and has all these components, and so on and so forth, you will know what an apple is. <laughs> hmm? More than one who knows all those things. Hmm? Tasting is knowing. Hmm? It's the same idea here in Rag Bhakti. Tasting is a kind of knowing. Therefore it's said, really who has loba, really who has this in the full sense of the term, really knows, really does not need the scripture to keep them on the path. It doesn't mean that he disregards scripture, but he doesn't need the scripture to stay on the path. He knows to do the right thing. She knows to not to do the wrong thing and doesn't have to be told. Does it automatically? That's what it means. Hmm? Otherwise, short of that taste, hmm, which itself is a kind of knowing as, I, as, I, as I'm describing. Hmm? One needs to be readily informed by a body of revelation that, that f faith in which has been awakened. We're talking about in such a way as logically as to awaken faith in the idea of revelation. That makes sense. So I, I, I should get in touch with revelation. And here is the, the, the world's most prominent body of revelation, the Upanishad, the Veda, the earliest revelation uh, in human society that we know of. The sutras of Vyasa are the first effort in human society at theology. That means reasoning about revelation and its implications and tying it together and what it means and how it, how it is consistently giving, a, it's how it's giving a consistent message, so on and so forth. Um, so, we see, anyway, most of these require this faith in revelation and then hearing the revelation to stay on the path. Hmm? How many of you, if you didn't come to class and hear the logic of why you should be engaged in bhakti regularly, would, would be able to stay on the path? We find that the sangha, the talks, and the, the discussions, the reading and so forth, very helpful hmm? for us. Um, and, and, we, and we also think, if I don't follow this, it's going to be a problem hmm? because it says so in the scripture, so I'm going to follow. Hmm. Prabhupada gave a very um, he's often uh, thought by others outside of his lineage to have uh, misconstrued Raghunuga Bhakti hmm. but uh, in his Nectar Devotion he makes a statement that's very um, uh, exact really in getting at what Raghunuga Bhakti is he said we follow the uh, practices of bhakti like attending Mangal Artik and at a certain point one starts to find in oneself he wants to go hmm? he's waiting for Mangal Artik hmm? he has to go to sleep so that his body is rested he, he wants to get up and go hmm? this means 
He has a taste, some taste for that, you understand? And that's what's, he's not being told, gotta get up, it's Mangalarti. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, I, I should go. If I don't go and Guru Maharaj is there, then what, you know? <laughs> then, uh, oh, I'm, all right, off I go. So Raghunu the Bhakti is different. It's driven by the taste. And having that taste does not mean not having faith. Really what's being talked about here is that one who has loba has not only faith, but he has uttamadikari faith. We said there are three kinds of faith. Hmm? There's, there's the neophyte, intermediate, and superlative faith. Superlative faith is uh, uh, characterized by the ability to reason about revelation and its implications tie it together, theologize, and so forth, to extend the argument. And this requires some taste for the subject matter. Hmm? So the high end, really, of adhikar, eligibility for Vaidhi Bhakti, does tie in to the adhikar, eligibility, for uh, rag Bhakti, which is greed. You might know the scripture well, and so on and so forth, and not be a rag Bhakti, but... Uh, the kind of rag bhaktas that we tend to meet know the scripture pretty well hmm? and can reason about it um, and explain it and they have deep and abiding faith in it hmm? without which how would anyone Im- ever come to become attracted to the Brajlilas which are described in the Shastra in the Bhagwat in particular which is of course the main book of our sampradaya. Hmm? So you have to have some faith in revelation to develop an attraction for the idea of following Braj Bhakti uh, and then how to do that you will also require some information from the Shastra. And the reasoning of its superiority and, and so forth is of course com- compelling in itself its knowledge, if you will, from Shastra about Rag Bhakti. But to get to all that, hmm? how many people have read the Krishna book, which is only the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, for example, over and over again, and decided that they that they wanted to become a you know a, a a stone in Dwarka or something. We hear people say things like that, <laughs> that they didn't quite get it, um, uh, get a, get attraction for the for the Brajalila. And then maybe they did, but then what all that means? What are the implications of that? And what windows to the Brajlila of opportunity does our Guru Parampara um, uh, make available to us? And so forth. We often hear the, well, I want to become, you know, a, like a tree or a cow in Krishna Leela or something like that. But is the, the, that kind of thinking betrays a lack of understanding of the Shastra as to what Rag Bhakti is, what opportunity of Rag Bhakti has been made available to us, as I say, through our Guru Parampara. Hmm? So, so you can see from this that there's plenty of room for knowing the Shastra and having an abiding and deep, deep faith in Shastra for one who has lobha, hmm? greed for Rag Bhakti. Hmm? Rupa Goswami himself, or Jiva Goswami, I think, yeah, Jiva Goswami, his commentary uh, on these verses has given the example, uh, either Jiva Goswami or Vishwanath, that 
if you want to drink milk, milk, if you have a, you have to have to know about milk to desire to drink it. Hmm? If you see, if you, if you hear, there's this wonderful thing called milk, and it is, and you can do all these things with it. You can make cheese out of it, butter out of it. If you show people, here's some cheese, here's some butter, here's some ghee. Yeah? It all comes from milk. Somebody says, I want to try milk. How would I? So you have to know about milk, first of all, to ever want it. And then, once you want it, having known about it, heard about it, hmm? uh, from someone who likes it and describes it in such a way that it's attractive, then you have to learn how to milk a cow hmm? and take care of one. How to how to how to how, how to take care of a cow? How to how to how to how to milk a cow? And it's a it's a it's a whole lifestyle. <laughs> uh, so similarly, hmm, we have to have faith in shastra and hear from shastra in order to get any inclination for rag bhakti in the first place. And having arrived at that, attained some some interest in that, hmm, then how to proceed? How to pursue it? And so we do find that rag bhaktas uh, tend to be preoccupied with Shastra, speaking about it, and also awakening faith in Shastra and its efficacy. And at a certain point, and we see, for example, Prabhupada, he very much emphasized the Shastra and following the rules and so forth. He emphasized Vaidhi Bhakti, but the context of his emphasis was that he himself was inspired in 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 rag bhakti hmm. he was a rag bhakta hmm. and so gradually then through that course preaching of his, his association so if one absorbs it understands it hmm, uh, that they become they start to become interested in in rag bhakti so there's a place for faith leading to to lobha hmm faith in Shastra. And we see, as I'm explaining, this loba, it does arise, for the most part, out of very deep uh, faith in Scripture. This this loba, uh, Rupa Goswami has described, is both old and new, ancient and current. So that means it may have been attained in a previous life, in which case one takes birth, wakes up with a loba hmm, at a certain point, gets a guru, and follows it. Or, in the case that it's new, one gets to take shelter of a guru and then it awakens mm-hmm. if, it, if he has a Ragmar guru. Mm-hmm. In either case, though, the point is that this, this opportunity, this lobha, this eligibility for bhakti, the opportunity and the eligibility, it comes as a grace, either by the grace of Krishna or by the grace of the devotee. The grace of Krishna is very rare. By the grace of the devotee is the norm. By the grace of Krishna is the uh, exception. Hmm? Um, So it's, I want to make the point, it's descending, this eligibility for bhakti, as faith descends, and we get it from those who have it, so this lobha descends, and we get it from those who have it. Hmm? And they have it also in a particular way. And that's the window of opportunity then in the Guru Parampara that, that is presented to us. And so as we grow and understand 
have interest in that, we find our guru and the sadhu sangha that we have, hmm, what is our line, uh, and uh, then the focus becomes more more clear. So there is a place hmm, for this, for looking at this lobe of this eligibility in terms of a, of a gradation, like we looked at, at faith, hmm, as Rupa Goswami did, a gradation. An, a, a neophyte orientation with loba, an, uh, an intermediate, and uh, a superlative. Hmm? It's good to emphasize the superlative. Hmm? And really, that is what has been emphasized here. Just by the use of the word greed, you cannot just decide today to be greedy for Braj Bhakti. You can hear, you could hear about it and say, the highest ideal, Gaudiya Sampradaya, is greed for Braj Bhakti. Does that mean you will have it? Hmm? You can reason that I should have it. That's a great idea. I like that idea. Uh, and I may be, a, and I should be attracted to my guru who's, who's carrying that hmm? and distributing that, but I don't just have it. Hmm? It comes as grace. To emphasize the full face of Loba, Mukunda Goswami, one of the commentators on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, has said that, and we see it here, really, in Rupa Goswami's own words, Bhava, uh, Lobha in Rag Bhakti, which gives you eligibility to tread the path, hmm, is more rare than the extremely rare, as described by Rupa Goswami, Sudurlabha, Bhava of Vaidhi Bhakti. When one attains Bhava in Vaidhi Bhakti, they no longer need the scripture to say, you shouldn't do this, you should do that, you should, you should engage in Bhakti, and this is why. They don't need the reasoning. They just do it automatically. They have a rag. They're not raganugas because they're not following the ragatmikas, but they have a rag, they have ruchi, they have Bhava, they have feeling, they have loba, in, in a sense. That they have a thirst for it, a natural drive for it, a taste for it, and so forth. Hmm? What we're saying is the perfection of Bhaiti Bhakti, in as much as Bhava is the sadhya of the sadhana of Bhaiti Bhakti, hmm? that is then churned into Prem, hmm? Aishvarya Prem, hmm? that perfection of Bhaiti Bhakti is easier to attain than eligibility for Rag Bhakti. This is the high-end, uh, full-face idea of, of Lobha. And Rupa Goswami said it here, that, that the, the Vaidhi Bhakti doesn't have to follow the rules of the scripture, doesn't have to, does, hmm? uh, automatically, in other words, uh, upon attaining bhava. But the rag bhakta doesn't have to wait to then. Whenever loba comes, then he no, he no longer has to. It means he's driven by the taste. Hmm? So it's very powerful. And it will propel one, obviously, into a sadhya that is, um, exceeds, arguably, the sadhya of vaidhi bhakti in terms of its... Uh, of selflessness and loving intimacy with the uh, with, with 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 Bhagwan. Mm. So now we're 
frightened that, you know, we don't have any rag bhakti. <laughs> it's such a high idea. Huh? It's a fact. Huh? People misinterpret, but you take the word greed for what it is. You, you, you can't have greed for rag bhakti and have any other kind of greed is the point. Hmm? But does it mean that we have to purify our hearts by Bhakti Bhakti in order to get Rag Bhakti? No, it doesn't. Why? Because Rag Bhakti comes by the mercy of a devotee hmm? and it could come at any time. So it can come before you've purified your heart. But when it does, it will purify your heart. Very immediately. I mean, the entrance of that greed will chase away all of the desires and attachment will come readily and one will be driven by the rag and, and pursue an ideal that takes more time, hmm, requires at least another birth in the Brajalila and so forth, unlike Vaidhi Bhakti, hmm, if not a number of births. Hmm, um, uh, when, when you're still going on with the practice when Vaidhi Bhakti has attained Vaikuntha. Hmm? But where you're going, of course, it, it exceeds the, the where, where in, in penetration into transcendence than that of the Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? Worth waiting for. And if you've got a taste for it, well, then that's what you're, what's happened to you. Hmm? So, again, it can come, it doesn't require that you purify your heart by some other method. It can come of its own. Hmm? When it will come, how it will come, that is the uh, uh, the grace of uh, Guru Parampara hmm? and then the question is well we've talked about a kind of a, the high end hmm? um, it, enter, it can enter into an impure heart and immediately purify it hmm? can it what happens when it enters into a pure heart Jiva Goswami talks about that he says when a devotee has purified his heart hmm cleanse the heart, Cheto Dharpana Marjanam, by Namsan Kirtan, for example. Then, in the association of Rag Bhakta, some semblance of that Rag comes in his heart, hmm? Hmm? and that alone causes him to rejoice and then to pursue the how-tos of Ragnuga Bhakti in, in Shastra and so forth, and, uh, and, and that... Uh, Lobo or eligibility that he has increases day by day as he becomes as his consciousness becomes purified it increases so there is some scope for well there's the full face of the loba and maybe there's some lesser degree of it we've also said in a simplistic way well you read the Krishna book you wanted to go to Goloka Vrindavan and serve Krishna as a cowherd you don't want to go to Vaikuntha so you're on the Rag Marg you have loba. That's about as low end of a description of loba as you could possibly get. And uh, Jiva Goswami has given some allowance for it hmm? by way of saying that uh, such persons, they don't really have a taste. They have some interest in it. And it could be prominent. I mean, when I was a young, young man and had joined the temple, maybe after about a year, uh, one devotee pulled me aside and said, you know, most of the devotees don't go to Goloka Vrindavan, they go to Vaikuntha. I was heartbroken to hear that. I could not accept that. Hmm? That was not, I had some 
some strong attraction to the idea of entering into the cowherd pastimes of of Vrindavananda and Krishna. Hmm? So, in a simple way, hmm, it may come. And this all we say grace of the devotee. Meaning grace, you, you got that guru parampara. You got the grace, so you got some simple interest in this. Or by this kind of discussion, we we, we get clear what we're involved in. Hmm? What opportunity, as I say, has come before us? Our understanding is refined, so we have some interest. So this is some like semblance of of lobha, hmm? and it's really based on the attraction that we find in our guru or the sadhus we're associating with, who speak about it and who awaken our faith, who, who refine our understanding and, and demonstrate to us by their example and, and, um, and, and, uh, and, and precept, again, what the opportunity is that's before us and so forth, so we, we get interested. Um, and so Jiva Goswami said, yes, there's a place for this, we call it ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti. Ruchi, lobha, it's the same idea. Taste, thirst. So it's a kind of an oxymoron, because as we've been hearing, rag bhakti is about taste. That's what drives it. But what if you're interested in it and you don't have a taste? Then you're not a rag bhakti and you're not a vaiti bhakti. So are you a devotee at all? So he wants to include us. And rightfully so. We have some interest in the subject matter, some attraction for that. Still, we're motivated by scripture that says you should go to Mongol Arctic and, and or, or else, and uh, uh, so on and so forth. Um, that is 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 still operative in our motivation, but our ideal hmm, is that uh, rag bhakti, the life, the example the love of the ragatmikas, that beautiful, charming exchange between Krishna and his friends, Krishna and his lovers, Krishna and his parents, that exchange. This is, this is what Jiva Goswami says in Gopal Champu. This couldn't give me, this co- that couldn't give me, uh, wh- uh, but when I hear about the love between Krishna and his associates, and I think about that, and I contemplate that, meditate on it, I find it awakening in me, coming in my heart. Hmm? So, Jiva Goswami says, in our beginning, in this way, then we should, we will follow Vaidhi Bhakti, hmm? and we will adopt that, those elements of the sadhana that are particular to Rag Bhakti, that we have eligibility to incorporate into our practice. We're going to hear next about what the practice involves. Hmm? And uh, we'll see that, that not everything can be incorporated into the practice um, all at once, immediately. So, uh, we've talked about that the low end, if, if we will, of loba and the high end of it. Hmm? When we talk about the low end, we understand that everything that Rag Bhakti constitutes as a practice, we're not eligible for. The more our eligibility, which means... The more our loba, which means the more our loba, our greed increases, hmm? um, the more we are uh, capable of, for example, d- engaging in lila smarnam. Lila smarnam is 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 for a siddha deha. It's for a siddha deha. Hmm? 
So you have, you'll, this will come, but you have to get us to the day to to uh, in, in, engage in it. Hmm? It's a it's a it's a, it's a bhava deha. Hmm. So so not everything can be um, incorporated into our practice at once, but still in a very generous way. But logically, so we can be considered rag bhaktis, rag bhaktis, or some can without 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 ruchi. Otherwise, if we don't include it in that, as I say, what are we? What are the devotees who have some interest, but their uh, lobas is is not very developed? Hmm? They're still they still lean on the scriptural mandates for impetus and motivation and so on and so forth. So this is important. So this is an important section and. It's one that's readily um, misunderstood. The way it's typically misunderstood is one says, if you have an interest in pursuing rag bhakti, that's what loba is. And so get going in uh, lila smaranam. Hmm? Um, and um, it's a problem if you don't, and, and, they, and they speak like this. And then some artificial... Uh, Attempt at something that they don't have eligibility for is engaged, embarked upon, and that can be disruptive. Bhaktivinotakura has emphasized this, of course, and uh, citing 11th Canto of Bhagavatam, he makes the point that true beauty is understanding one's eligibility. And it's just a very practical thing. If you know who you are, hmm, um, and you act accordingly. You understand who you are in a, let's just say, in a, in a, from a societal point of view. Then you know where it will be appropriate for you to be, and where it will not be appropriate for you to be. Hmm? Um, and if you disregard that, uh, it's unbecoming. Hmm? Someone barges in, and and uh, they don't have tickets to the to the president's ball, and they crash the party, and so forth. Then they probably get arrested. Uh, so um, it's important, therefore, to know our eligibility. It's important to understand. That means to say, what is loba? Hmm? When it comes, and it's coming to all of us in our group proper, it's coming to us. That it's our interest in Braj Bhakti, hmm? rather than Vaikuntha. If we can develop a, the idea that it's disappointing for going to Vaikuntha, has that come within us? Hmm? You could go quickly. By comparison, and end all this suffering of material existence, it'll be over. Hmm? Are you going to handing out tickets to Vaikuntha? Do you want to go, or do you want to just wait in line over there for the mercy to go to uh, to, to tread the rod train, the Radharani Express? Hmm? If you can get on it, it'll be fast. But what will it take to get on it? Hmm? It will be fast, but the distance to go is longer also. <laughs> so this is a, a beginning idea, as I say. Oh, I can't. Uh, Pujapad Sridharmarsh used to preach to us, like, we, be careful that, you, you, you know, that this, uh, you, you, not to be uh, uh, a, 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 this uh, attraction to Vaikuntha. Hmm? It's a, a problem for 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 us, uh, in a sense, if you if you at all want rag bhakti, so if you find that coming, if you thought about that, hmm? if you're studying in this line and hearing a chanting, and you decide that you want to become a devotee of an Dev and so forth, then you know, it's 
we'll have to work with that and try to help you understand that a little bit better um, and so forth. Uh, otherwise, better to go to a Vaidhi Marg, uh, Sampradaya. Of course, you could chant Hare Krishna and do that too, but specifically, this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, Rag Bhakti, to the world. So it's very important to understand um, uh, eligibility. We have a little. Otherwise, why we're in the Sampradaya, connected with sadhus who are pursuing this. So gradually it will come within us, we'll understand it. And our focus then will become more 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 specific. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has said in Raghavat Machandrika that in the beginning the lobe will be uh, like like um, scattered would be the idea. Hmm? A general idea. I want, and we, we, and we find that as I say many devotees don't even have that. I want to go to Braj Bhakti. This is my goal. Here's the map. You are here. You want to go here. Room 108. Hmm? Or at the base of Govardhan Hill, is where you want to go. Hmm? So you understand that. Hmm? This point has to, has to be made. So why people are not making progress, they don't understand. And then they just understanding that does that doesn't mean you're there. You're here, and it doesn't mean you can incorporate everything that's required to go there. Go so many steps here, then you turn here, and then you get this, and then and you get that, and then then <laughs> you're fully equipped. All as you get closer, the greed increases, hmm? and the ability to tread the path. That's what it's all about. The ability to tread the path depends upon that thirst. In Raghavat Machandrika also, Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur is described as Abhishtalovamai, the center of this Raghavanuga sadhana, hmm? is that desire to attain a particular uh, sentiment, a loving sentiment, in the Braj, following the Ragatmikas. This, this is the driving uh, force around which the, the, the chanting supports. Hmm? It's chanting it's, is in relation to that. Hmm? It's sambandha. It's in relation to the, to, the, to the central desire. So there's a certain kind of chanting. We chant certain mantras, not others. And ultimately... Hmm? Uh, and the, the two eventually they become one the chanting and the and, and the desire the hearing and so on and so forth but the point I'm making is that this this cent, this this uh, this desire is central to the sadhana and it's very in itself central to the sadhana and it's a driving force the way to understand that is that as I've said before people approach Krishna for a number of things he says it in the Bhagavatam to the gopis mai bhakti amritatvaya kalpate People want all kinds of things from me and I give it. They want things, they want to get away from things. They want eternal life. I give them that. But what you want, that's different. That's like, you want me. So, I'm purchased by you. So if we want what their love, which has purchased him, which is what Krishna is, as much as the love of Krishna is one with Krishna in the Achintya Beta Beta equation, love of Krishna and Krishna are one. Hmm? If you want that kind of love, you're going to get Krishna's attention. Because hmm? that's what he's about. That's what makes him tick. That is Krishna. Without that love of Krishna, there is no Krishna. There is no Krishna Leela. Hmm? 
So if you are charmed by that, there's the driving force of your bhakti. Hmm? I want to attain the Brajalila and serve like that. It's not a it's not a want, it's a want to be wantless. Hmm? And we've heard how selfless is the Brajalila, how selfless is that love. Hmm? It's a want, a longing, a greed to be a, a, a giver in the sense that they embody and personify those ragatmikas. So this is very attractive to Krishna. This will get Krishna's attention. Just that, even from a distance, we think, well, I'm not qualified to decide. Well, you're in a Guru Parampara and you, you, you are interested in it. So, yes, you harbor that. Harbor it in your heart and then take steps appropriately under good guidance how to approach it. As I said, we have to know about it, develop an interest in it, and then we have to learn how to how to pursue it step by step. Hmm? So, a very important um, introduction here in three verses as to the eligibility to tread the path. This will be followed by a description of the path. A few verses on that in the next class. Any question? And I should say also, it's, it's not a pick and a choose type of a thing. I don't know if I emphasize this point sufficiently We'll read the book, we'll pick and choose. I want to do this. You, what, if you understand properly, you read the book, you become attracted, you understand your Guru Parampara, what windows of opportunity it provides, and you go through one of them. Hmm? Somebody was here, one of the devotees from San Jose the other day, and they asked, you know, is there any, like, what, what's the, uh, he asked something like, what's uh, the precedent for being interested in, in, uh, in Sakurasa? in our sampradaya. In a word, Prabhupada. <laughs> he's a huge picture window, picture window means a big window, of opportunity in the sampradaya for entering into that. Hmm? Huge. I mean, as prominent as he is in the sampradaya, and as much as that was, a, uh, by his own ad- admission, the driving force and we find it in his writings with aspiration and so uh, to come in touch with that a person who's driven by that it's no wonder as we've written in uh, oh my friend hmm, uh, that so many of his disciples found himself in, a, in a, even in a simplistic uh, uninformed very uninformed way interested in in sakurasa hmm? i mean it's it, it comes from up to down. It is descending. Hmm? People say, well, it's all about desiring it, so you've got to get going, you've got to get desiring, and so forth. What you've got to do is you've got to get serving your, your guru with your sadhaka deha and comprehensively and fully and so forth. And as I said before, and this will come up as we go further, using that sadhaka deha, both its psychic and physical dimension, fully in a consuming way, in practical services, and hearing and chanting and so forth along along with it, then more and more eligibility will come in more capacity to uh, to tread the path. So it comes from up to down. It's totally descending. You cannot manufacture the loba. You can't decide to have it today. Hmm? Understand? <laughs> Uh, but you may have already decided without realizing because it comes from up to down that's why you're in the Sampradaya and so we have to explain it to you this is what's happening to you hmm? 
uh, your, your interest in Krishna is properly understood, culminates in, in such and such and so forth. Hmm. So, yes, you had a question? What I was saying there is that there that that um, one who has greed for Rag Bhakti also has faith in Shastra and lots of it, like like an Uttam Adhikari devotee has faith, that kind of faith, deep and abiding faith in revelation and deep understanding, hmm? having employed Shastra Yukti, having developed some taste, uh, uh, deep understanding, hmm? that kind of person we will, we will expect to see in our Sampradaya with a full, a full face of, 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 of Lobha. Hmm? Does that answer your question or... You understand that in in, in Vaidhi Bhakti there are different levels of faith, basically, that constitute eligibility. Hmm? Does that answer your question or no? I'm not sure. <laughs> You're not sure. You understand my explanation, or uh huh, uh huh. I want to say that I mean, what I'm saying to you is that that the Rag Bhakta is the best Vaidhi Bhakta, <laughs> better than the best Vaidhi Bhakta. Hmm. Because all that the Vaidhi Bhakta has in the full sense of the term, actually the Rag Bhakta has in more. Hmm. He or she has that faith hmm, of a superlative nature. Therefore, they have investigated the scripture very carefully, understood that it's not so easy to draw it all out, is it? Hmm. What is Rag Bhakti and so forth, and how it's the goal and so forth. We need the Goswamis, we need to go Parampara, we need to study their works and so on and so forth. We need to read Prophet's books and follow the references to other books and so forth. And hmm. that that requires faith in Scripture and uh, an understanding of Scripture. And again, these are generally the kind of people who have loba that we meet, not people who don't know the Scripture and have loba. And there are those, and there are the stories of those kinds of people, like the lady who was. Uh, brushing her teeth with a stick and then stirring the kitri in the morning hmm? and two boys were coming and eating that kitri for breakfast and Sanatana Goswami came upon them was very charmed by the two boys followed them secretly and, and they went into a temple and went into the deities of Krishna and Balaram we thought oh my god they're God that was Krishna and Balaram so he went to tell that lady you can't do that you can't like brush your teeth with the same stick that you chew that, you know, you, so he told her first bathe and do this and that and then, then cook and so forth Okay, okay, okay. So, of course, he came the next morning, and and uh, the boys were sitting there waiting for their kitchery. And she says, you know, he told me first I got to do this, 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 and they were upset, you know. And he said, no, 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 just just go ahead, brush your teeth, <laughs> uh, something like that. So it's of course from the oral tradition and and so on, but it, it illustrates the point. There may be people like that, of course, but they they're not in the preaching context and. Uh, and, uh, and and certainly they all those things they know that they, they, they show they know it because they're they're just uh, serving a, a, according to Krishna's desire without any uh, by by the force of, of taste and so forth. Hmm. 
And th- that's the examples where even the, the, what you shouldn't do, you do do, or you, 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 you break the scripture. It symbolizes the idea of rag bhakti is, you know, you, you can just break the rules, and so you look for a guy that's breaking the rules and he's in ecstasy. You know, generally, no, they don't, they don't break the rules, but, but his or her position in rag bhakti does transcend the, the rules because the rules are, morality or rules in general are, for, are, are a breakdown of love. They're for harnessing one and helping one to, to, to conduct themselves in such a way that, that, that love might, might come within them. Hmm? And so one who has got love is above the rules. And therefore, if they do break the rules, which generally they don't, if they do, hmm, we're, we, we're, we're to think that's very extraordinary. Hmm? We talked a little bit about the life of uh, Pundarik Vidyaniti and so forth. How we understand it? Well, we see he has extraordinary bhakti. So, hmm? the whole idea of good and bad is bad. That's hmm? <laughs> you understand. That's a lower thing. Transcendence is is, is 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 good, and good below transcendence is bad. Hmm? So, how to be good? How not to be bad? How to do the right thing? How the wrong thing? And so forth. Those should be done, but there's there is a life beyond that. Hmm? And eligibility for rag bhakti puts you in that position. Hmm? That's, that's very extraordinary. Hmm? So and we we saw other examples in Gorlila where, for example, um, Govinda, the servant of Mahaprabhu, stepped over Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's body when he fell down after Kirtan to rest in front of the door in order to didn't he? In order to cook for Mahaprabhu. It's against the etiquette to step over the body of your guru. Hmm? Hmm. But if he didn't, then how could he cook? He, and he wasn't concerned about his own lunch. Hmm? It was, Mahaprabhu will wake up, he'll have no lunch. Hmm? He would have sat there forever and starved as long as Mahaprabhu was in a trance with no concern for his own eating. Hmm? He wouldn't violate, but... But if Mahaprabhu wakes and doesn't have lunch, then then what? So he stepped over him. Mahaprabhu asked, I'm in the door. Like, How did you get out there hmm? to do that? Hmm? Now for that, for your lunch, I, I stepped over. For mine, I never would. For yours. Hmm? This kind of selflessness that causes them to, to break the rules when it's required for serving Bhagavan. Hmm? And there may be instances like that. Hmm? But otherwise, the norm is he follows all the rules follows all the regulations because he accepts what's favorable, favorable for bhakti and he dismisses what's not favorable for bhakti. But there may be an instance where, well, the gopis are the example. They break the rules, right? Because hmm? it's going to be pleasing to Krishna. They're above good and bad. Hmm? They're selfless. That, that's the whole idea. Selfishness is, the, is what's bad. Hmm? There can be good and bad selfishness, but it's all bad. Hmm. What else? Another question? Yeah. Is there a difference between a Vaidhivata and a Smarta then? Could a Vaidhivata be an essence seeker? Could a Vaidhivata be an essence seeker? Sure, why not? Hmm. Seeks the essence of Bhakti in terms of reverential love of God? I was thinking our new temple will be facing west, which is a no-no. 
What's facing west, the temple or the deities? <laughs> if the temple, of course, it hasn't really been decided yet. Apparently, it's been decided in your mind. If the temple altar is at the Guanacaste tree, the deities will be facing east. But anyway, that's a different way of thinking about it. Usually it's thought that, you know, you will face east, and that's the direction of the gods, so they'll be situated in the east, which would mean they'd be looking west to descend. Godadaya Pushpabanto Chitro Samdotamonundo. They rose in the... Actually, they arose in the east, yeah, and they went west. I'm sorry. So I was just saying, would a Vaitivaka ever be able to reconcile that, or... Yeah, they would tend not to make that kind of a a compromise. Um, Prabhupada made all kinds of compromises. Prabhupada wrote once to a early on from New York to a wealthy man, an Indian Hindu man, saying that you know we need a temple here. I've got some following. We need a temple, and. Um, uh, Prabhupada's idea was to buy some building and, you know, turn it into a temple. This man said, no, no, it can't be done like that. It must be temple. It must be, you know, built from the ground up, you know, with all the regulations and so on and so forth. And and the cost of that was, you know, exponentially larger in, in New York. And and so he, you know, he never sent any money, something like that, for it. And Prabhupada ended up renting buildings, buying buildings, converting um, uh, in some cases, funeral homes into temples. <laughs> yeah. The, the temple in the mission in San Francisco is an old funeral home. Hmm. And so, right, from a body perspective, uh, before you find, you know, that's a no-no, you find that these, uh, from the, um, the Sri Sampradaya, you have a lot of these um, uh, Hindu temples have some some slight connection with Ramanuja Sampradaya and they, 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 they go, they get the Hindu community, they purchase some land, they build it, there's the Vastu, Shastra consideration and so on and so forth and, and meanwhile Prabhupada's buying old funeral homes and turning the temples and you know, doing Sankirtan and so forth yeah. and Prabhupada's idea when we installed the deities of Krishna Balaram in Vrindavan he had these Brahmins come for three days, they did a yagya after it was all over, Prabhupada said, actually, they were installed just by our Sankirtan. But we did all this to just, to, you know, make it work in everybody else's mind. Something like that. Hmm? So, that's a, yeah, some example of of what you're talking about. Could it, could it be considered... Uh... Therefore, there's no limitations in Rag Bhakti. You have to worship at a certain time, can't worship at another time. Hmm? That's there in Bhakti Bhakti. As Rag, he worships anywhere, in sleep, day, night, whatever, this direction, that direction. Yes? Um, can it be considered that hearing the Leelas from a self-realized devotee is a form of Leelas No, it's a form of hearing. Hmm? We shouldn't conflate shravanam with smarnam. Hmm? 
So we should hear about the Leelas, the Braja Leelas from advanced devotees. That will give us a desire to participate in them. Hmm? And then we will find out things that we need to do to participate in them. And so we'll begin hearing and chanting seriously and so forth and uh, and uh, and gradually the heart will become cleansed and gradually the lobe will also uh, uh, increase, manifest, express itself within us. Mm-hmm. And then when it's fully developed, then possible for meditation. After all, meditation you can't do with an impure heart. That's the whole idea. In the Gyan Mark, you have to follow Nishkam Karma in order to do Gyan, because Gyan is it, the Gyan Mark is, is not a, marg, a path of action. Nishkam Karma means to, to act in relation to things without desiring the fruits of one's work. It purifies the heart. As the purified heart is, heart is purified, knowledge can come in, and one can sit and meditate. So we, we do smarnam in the beginning, in the form of nam smarnam, because nam is very generous. We know that Krishna nam and Krishna are one and the same. Are Krishna and his leelas one and the same? Yeah. Hmm? But do we ever hear that that the leelas are also different? In by way of being more generous than than Krishna, like we hear about the name, we hear that the name and the named Krishna's name and Krishna are one and the same, but they're different too. What's the difference? The name is more generous. We don't hear that about the Leela, the Rupa, the Guna. Indeed, it said that one who offends the form of the Lord, still the name will come before him. We find that in Brahmaharidas. In the in the Brahmavimon, Lili offended Krishna by stealing his friends. Oh my god. I mean we're hearing about these Ragatmikas. Brahma had his plan to steal them. It's not very pleasing to Krishna, so he <laughs> so he has to take birth as a, as as a as an outcast. But the name came with him, stayed with him, even though he offended the form, and he became the Namacharya. Haridas. Hmm? So, you want to do smarnam? Do nam smarnam. That's what japa is. Japa is a form of nam smarnam. And what's in the name? You know, they say, what's in the name? Well, a lot there. The form, the qualities, and the leelas of Krishna are all in his name. So, when we can effectively do nam smarnam, and smarnam means that you pay attention. Meditation isn't, you know, your mind's going everywhere. You can try to meditate. If you want to try to meditate, if you want to try to do smarnam, try to do nam smarnam. No, I'm not interested in nam smarnam. I want to do lila smarnam. Then what have you understood about nam? Hmm? You understand? Hmm? The nam has come. The nam is generous. Hmm? He's making himself available in that way. No, I, 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 it's hard to do nam smarnam. I'm going to do lila smarnam. And you do Leela Smarnam from the vantage point of a, of a, of a particular um, sentiment that constitutes a body, and 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 that 
that sentiment will be attracted to certain qualities and a certain form of Krishna. So the, 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 the rupa, the form, the qualities in the leelas will be particular. Hmm? And they, that arise out of namsmarnam. Because they, they correspond with your own swarup. In other words, uh, a, 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 someone in Sakiras will be attracted to certain qualities of Krishna. They will be prominent. Hmm? Certain appearance of Krishna also, with his buffalo horn, hmm? and so forth. Hmm? Certain ages of Krishna. So these things, the, the particular form will, will come out of the, that name. Hmm? If you're coming in that line. Particular qualities and particular leelas. Hmm? So, that's what Puri Goswami Marsh once said, you know, Baba, he said, uh, if you if somebody wants to do Raghunuga Bhakti, you should be told this, chant Harinam without offense, because there's no getting around that. If you can't do that, how are you going to do Rag Bhakti? Hmm? And you do that, and Rag Bhakti will, eligibility for that will descend. So, we should, if you want to do Smarnam, hmm? Jiva Goswami says, Smarnam, as we'll hear, is central to Raghunuga Bhakti. So if you want to do Smarnam, do Nam, nam Smarnam. And Jiva Goswami speaks about it as a progression. From Nam Smarnam will come, in other words, you'll do Nam Smarnam effectively, and you'll find that in the context of Nam Smarnam, you're also doing Rupa Smarnam. In the very least, in the basic sense, by effective Nam Smarnam, you will begin, and by Kirtan, you will begin to see the deity as something more than a statue and act accordingly. Hmm? And you'll see him in a particular way <laughs> also. Hmm? And then in the context of Nam Smarnam, Rupa Smarnam, Guna Smarnam will come. Hmm? And then Leela Smarnam. There's a progression. Hmm? Yes? Do you remember um, Leela Smarnam that's not Leela Seva? You're saying Leela Smarnam from a particular angle particular kind of seva, but is there ever, ever like Leela Smarnam that's just kind of not from the Bhava Deya, but just a general like watching television or something like that? That's like remembering what you've heard. Yeah, my other question is, you know, say you 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 know, you watch TV when you chant Japa, you're going to think of the commercials, but say you, you read Krishna book before you go to when you chant Japa, you're going to, you know... That's, that's remembering well, you've heard, but that's not... Smarna means meditation. It may be like a very uh, simplistic form of smarna to study about the leelas of Krishna, to research them, hmm, and so forth, and you, you think about them. But, but that's not leela smarna in, 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 in what's described as part of the important aspect of Rag Bhakti that Leela Smarnam is a meditation on from the vantage point of a Swarup on a particular services in the Leela and trying to attain them and so forth. So simple remembrance is one thing. It's, it's not what we call Leela Smarnam. But there's a place for it. You can do it. And if you if you think about if you if you if you're preoccupied with the, the, the Leelas and so forth, you'll think of them, remember them. It's good. We're not against that, but we shouldn't misconstrue that to be something that comes after uh, uh, pratyahara, dharana, 
Dhyan. Dhyan means meditation. Anybody can hear about Krishna and think about what they've heard. Not everybody can do meditation. So could that be actually a distraction from, from focusing on the name? You know what I mean? Like, say you're chanting Japa and, and then your mind, you know, recalls Krishna Lula from Krishna book or something like that. Is that, you know, is that being, is that not focusing on the name? It may not be. I mean, it, it, it may be. It may, it may help you. Hmm? In the beginning, anything that helps you to focus on something other than, you know, where the mind is going to take you on its own. Hmm? But to speak of Lilas of Krishna, that would be, be very useful. So, nothing wrong with that. But I just don't want to, I just want to say that's not what's really the idea of Lila Smarnam. Hmm? So Lila Seva. Not necessarily, but if you could, and, and you would find there was a lot there. <laughs> Something like that. So, you know, you chant, maybe you think of your service, you know, that's better than where it might go, you know, but it's not ideal, obviously. So, yeah, to really hear the name, and you'll find everything's there. And from Kirtan, Kirtan fosters... Smarnam also. Kirtana Prabhavi, Smarnam Svabhavi, and the strength of Kirtan. One, one can rapidly cleanse the heart and be propelled into, into meditation. You can, you, can, you can find that. You can do Kirtan and then it stays with you. <clears throat> and the name is so attractive because you would even pull Mahaprabhu out of his internal absorption. Yeah. All right, we'll stop there. Shri Shri Daji Gopal Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai.